0: i'm from the future i came here in a time machine that you invented now i need your
1: help to get back to the year 1985
0: you're listening to canary cry radio now here are your hosts
2: basil and Gons.
3: hello everyone and welcome to canary cry radio my name is basil
0: and this is Gans. This is episode number 54.
3: 54.
0: Or 53.2, whatever you want to call it.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. 53.5. Sure. I think is the correct decimal. Um, can you hear that cricket, Gans?
0: I can definitely hear the cricket.
3: Okay, give me a second.
0: Uh, whatever you did it worked because no more cricket
3: it wasn't pretty uh well um you didn't have okay. access to your molasses pool no i mean that's more of a long-term solution i just had to go with the, the broom intimidation tactics yeah all right good job yeah i know all right so where were we oh yeah Episode 54 or 53.5. Yep, this is the second half of the Jim Wilhelmson interview that we did. In the coming hour and a half or two hours or something, we will be discussing some fanciful things like the hollow earth theory and time travel and all sorts of cool stuff and how uh, we get to think about that as Christians. Um, But before we do that, we've got some house cleaning to do, everybody's favorite part of the show. Woo! Okay, so before we get into some emails and some voice messages and things like that from you guys, I just got to give you your uh, friendly neighborhood reminder to go on to iTunes and Stitcher and give us five stars on iTunes and thumbs up on Stitcher and Uplayer things. Gons, help me out here. (laughs)
0: I'm just waiting for you to get through it, man. Yeah, I um, know.
3: I'm just pushing through. Oh, but just to applaud everybody's initiative out there, we have got now 40 different people giving us star ratings on iTunes, which is very nice of all yeah, of you.
0: We actually got our first one-star review. So
3: Yeah, there we go. Somebody. Somebody, <laughs> somebody is not happy about that. No. So... They well, took the
0: initiative, they went to iTunes, and they're like, you know what?
3: But hey, you know what? They did it. They, yep. they went and they did it, and they took the time. And for that, we thank you. And we hope that you'll like us someday. Yeah. Um, let's see. We also got a couple more reviews for those people who wanted extra credit and went all the way to tell um, some people about... Why they like us. Here's one from Skazly. The podcast is a great way for Christians to connect scripture with events happening in our world today. There are many episodes that give me a list of scriptures to dig into after listening. Thanks, Gons and Basil. Keep it up. Victory. Yeah, see, there you go. Awesome. That was that was a five stars. The one star person didn't leave a message as Troll. to why. Troll. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that. That's I'm not complaining. I'm just <laughs> saying. That's that. just an assumption, though, right? Here's another one from uh, Michael, who says Basil and Gons bring a fresh look at some serious topics. Their laid back but knowledgeable approach is refreshing. This is one of my favorite podcasts. Awesome. You hear that, Gons? We're refreshing. That's great. I love like that. A, a cool glass of lemonade. So yeah, go and do that, everybody. You're really helping us out. Thank you for everybody did it, and for the rest of you, you know, take a couple minutes out of your day, go to iTunes, give us a rating and a review, and we can just keep on going with that. So. Absolutely, yeah.
0: And moving on here, we uh, asked you guys to comment on a question that we posed to you in the last episode, in the middle of the conversation with jim Wilhelmson and the question was basically how did you hear about the whole genesis 6 paradigm and you guys have been very active in the comment section with giving your uh, experience and how you came to know it uh brian talked about how he heard it first from chuck missler gina talked about how she heard it on future quake future quake yeah which which uh just a Friendly reminder, um, you know we've been reaching out to Doctor Future for a while now, and he's in his little cave writing his book furiously. He uh, told the me that buds. he's yeah he's uh, he's almost ready to come out and um, experience daylight again, but he's uh, he's got over a thousand pages of manuscript written, and he's getting ready to uh, do the rounds, and he's uh, looking forward to being on Canary Cry Radio. So he said. Hello to all the listeners. So he's, he's still out there. He's doing his thing. And we should uh, expect to hear from him soon. Uh, Rosie said that she actually heard about it from a novel called Many Waters by Madeline Lengel, which is interesting. It's different from your typical... That is interesting. Yeah, your typical Bible Do you, do you Bible know teacher. what Many
3: Waters is about?
0: Um, I think she sort of explained it in her comment post. Oh, right, So right. if you guys want to go check that out, if you go to canarycryradio.com, click on Listen. It's CCR053, Jim Wilhelmson, Interview Part 1. And if you scroll down, you'll see all the comments there. And who else? Brother Roy said that he read about it when he was a teenager, just reading it in the Bible. Right. So actually, yeah. Now that That's, I think about it, I remember how I heard about it. It was I read it in the Bible. That's I was reading through the Bible that's, and then I came to Genesis six and I starts. thought, yeah, and I thought, well, this is weird. But I think you know, I didn't have an understanding of what it what it was.
3: But yeah, um, well, I think that's that's everybody's first read through of Genesis six. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. All right, <laughs> moving on. Those
0: Nephilim, who were they? Right.
3: <laughs> that's a weird thing. Okay. Cool.
0: But cool. Uh, yeah, we appreciate the comments. Keep them coming, because. We love to read them and, you know, there's, it veers off into other things in the comment section about, you know, I think Brian talked about how he was, he bought into the Republican government propaganda at one point and defended them even though they were making sketchy decisions and stuff like that. So good conversations all around in the comment section.
3: Alright. Now it's everybody's favorite time of the show. It's voice messages. Ba-da-ba-da. I don't know where that came from. Sorry
0: about that. It's your urban jazz fusion
3: yeah, blood. That's ex- that's exactly what it is. My urban jazz fusion blood. <laughs> um so we've got a couple. Yeah. Um, so let's do uh we've got uh Justin. Justin. Mr. Justin, what do you have to say?
4: Being raised Catholic, I've always feared God, but never really had a personal relationship with him and never really thought he cared much about me. Uh, That was reinforced in my mind about ten years ago when I found myself in Bali, Indonesia, at ground zero for the nightclub bombings and saw hundreds of people vaporized and hundreds more severely wounded, and uh, I, I turned my back on God and went through quite a bit since then. But uh, about a month ago, I uh, watched Age of Deceit for about the tenth time and uh, was in a place to where I could follow your instructions there at the end for the message of hope. And I opened up my heart and my mind and I said, Lord Jesus, come quickly, and He came. And uh, your film was the last thing I saw as a creature of this earth, and I am born anew into Christ. And I can't thank you enough for your work, Gons. I've uh, I've shared your film with a number of friends and family, hoping to open their eyes, and it's worked some of the times, and hopefully uh, it'll work more times. But may God bless you on your future endeavors, and uh, yeah, keep up the good work, guys.
3: Boom. That's what it's all about. What a great testimony he has there,
0: Justin. Thank you for your comments there. It's uh, very touching, and uh, yeah. praise the Lord for well, I, all of it, all this stuff.
3: What I think is great about that is, you know, it's such a a common experience people are having nowadays. Not the the bombing part. That's that's. Unique, I think, in his yeah, story. Yeah. But you know, just being, just not really experiencing the, the personal love of God and the relationship you can have with Jesus Christ, and, and just it being so empty. You know, you can just see that and hear that and how people talk about it, and so. Um,
0: it's strange how a movie like Age of Deceit, which a lot of it is like pretty fear-driven like you know i've I've been accused of fear-mongering for the for the film and i know it's not that but it's just kind of laying out hey this is how it is (laughs) but it's interesting how it takes that sort of realization of like hey the world is truly messed up and these guys are you know spiritual beings or whatever are really in control and you know they're getting their message from satan and stuff like that and and it takes kind of the understanding of the dark nature of reality to open someone up you know it's it's just very interesting how that works
3: right uh, you, well and i th- and i think in the realizing of that too the love and goodness of god is even that much more exemplary right
0: right and and you know i've experienced this myself where uh, you know i've been to conferences and stuff with you know, this kind of, uh, niche or elk or whatever you want to call it. And it honestly feels like, you know, people are just way more on fire than your typical church. You know, I mean, obviously we, you know, we've at a church, so we kind of know the, the day in day out sort of feeling, but when you are surrounded by people that actually look into some of these topics and prophecy and stuff like that, it's a different level of, excitement you know it's I, all i can say is on fire for jesus type of feeling you know
3: right um right.
0: because you know when you see the darkness the light shines brighter you know so
3: right yeah very good well thank you justin for that uh we got you in our prayers buddy and keep listening next we have one from lisa right lisa aka truth excavator excavating the truth oh yeah okay so let's hear it
5: hey basil and gons Uh, this is lisa and i'm not going to do anything tricky with the audio or disguise my voice or anything i just wanted to let you guys know that um you've totally blessed me over this last uh, year and a half or so um i've been listening to you since the beginning and um strangely enough i feel like uh, our paths are kind of parallel um and I, and I think it's because it's not just a coincidence. I think God is doing something around the world and, um, and he's calling, calling us out to be like the, the tip of the spear or something. And, um, and, you know, for some of us like me, it's just kind of a one-on-one, the people that he puts in my life to share this uh, revelation with. Um, and for people like you, it's it's more than one on one; it's masses. So I'm really um, happy that I found you guys, and I just I just pray blessing over your ministry, and that um, everyone supports you in financially, with prayer, with everything, and uh, and spread the word because you guys are doing a fabulous job. Keep it up. God bless you. Can't wait to see you in heaven, or maybe sooner. See you. Bye.
3: Well, thank you, Miss Lisa. Wasn't that nice? Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Yes, that was awesome. Absolutely, it's nice to hear from the people who have been listening from the beginning. You know, because we have gone through a large amount of change over the past year, year and a half that we've been doing this um, in so many different ways. Most notably, probably production quality. So, you know, it's good to hear that people are sticking with you. You know, not everybody is. I don't know where that was going, but
0: not everyone hates us. That's right. probably a good okay. thing.
3: Yeah, it's always nice to yeah. know that.
0: Yeah, no, we appreciate that, Lisa. It's good. Um, I think it is true that everyone has a role, and I think Jim Wilhelmsen mentioned it as well in the last episode or the first half of the interview that it's sort of a a passing of the torch type thing going on from his perspective. But it's like we all have a role to play, especially you know as things get more intense and stuff and around the world and if something like the aliens show up or whatever you know the church is going to be pretty shaken up or at least uh you know most of your lukewarm if you will sunday going normal folk uh it's going to be the crazies like us that are going to come out and have to talk about those issues and edify the church and stuff so uh but yeah and
3: you as well Exactly. And uh, hopefully you feel prepared after being with us for so long. Thanks again, Lisa. All right, moving on. What do we got? We got some emails and things. Yeah. Emails. We got some good ones here. Um, we'll get. We got kind of a heavy one here first. Gon's. I'll read it, and then you okay. can uh, just come at me with with well, what you got. Great. I get just, to be the. Well, yeah.
0: The punching bag. I,
3: yeah because i claimed reading it so okay. now you have to okay so this one's from byron it says hello basil and Gons. And uh, we are editing some parts out here to protect his location and identity, as is our protocol here on Canary Cry Radio. Unless you're and from
0: another country, we
3: seem to just like
0: say, "Hey, West Australia, awesome! <laughs> <Yeah>. Philippines, <laughs> sweet!" But if <laughs> you're in the United sure. States,
3: you know, <laughs> uh, we keep you secret. Well, I think that says a lot about, uh, uh, yeah, the how we feel. surveillance state
0: that we're in right now. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're in America, we're not telling where you are. Um, okay, so. Uh, He continues. I've enjoyed your recent programs with the exception of the Josh Peck and his bashing the KJV. Sorry, but I do not agree with his proclamation that we must learn slash study Greek or Hebrew to get the full meaning of the text. Nothing wrong with education, but if we cannot trust God to give us a book that will lead us safely to heaven and keep our souls until that day, then we cannot trust him at all. The problem is not with what we don't know about God or his word. The problem is we do not obey the parts that we do know. God promised to preserve his word, and he has done so in the KJV, the King's James Version. The NIV has over 64,000 missing words and changes from the KJV. Would you drive a car with 64,000 missing pieces would it even run? I will stick with the blood Bot book, KJV. No one has shed a drop of blood for the NIV, ESV, RSV, Living Bible, or any modern version. But they have made a lot of money with these, quote, Bibles. Sola Scriptura, KJV, your friend, Byron.
0: Right. Well, thanks for the message, Byron. Um, Absolutely you know this is a pretty touchy subject so it's really you know i I don't want to get into a debate or anything like that with the kjv thing but it's just my personal opinion that the english translation whether it be kjv or niv you know despite the arguments against something like the niv you know the english translations are limited in that they are the translations from the original greek and hebrew text so it's really hard to say, or, you know, I guess it's challenging to pin down which English translation is more accurate or could be inspired or whatever, because ultimately, you know, especially nowadays, we have access to the original Greek and the Hebrew. And, you know, Byron, I don't think it's necessarily that you need to go back to the original language to understand the Bible, you know, because I believe, and I think, Basil, you kind of agree that the essentials are there. You know, if someone's reading the NIV Bible, who's not a believer, but they read some parts about, you know, who Jesus is and what it takes to attain salvation, it doesn't have to be a KJV to get to that point. I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know about you, Basil, but, Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's kind of what I would look at, you know? And, and so, you know, I, I don't have a problem with anyone who's KJV only, only to say that it's a fight that's for me and personally, i would have to say it's not a fight worth fighting i would always try to say hey you know my preference is KJV, or my preference is you know esv or whatever ultimately it's it's the gospel message that really is important and you know and and you also you know in the email it says uh byron you say that the KJV is blood bought you know none of the other books people haven't shed blood for the other versions of the book and I guess historically you're right in that more people probably, you know, shed blood or whatever to preserve the KJV Bible. But it's, I don't think it's necessarily true that no, you know, no blood has been shed for the other versions. Cause if someone's trying to get another version of the Bible to, in you know, into Africa and to certain places and other countries and stuff, um, you know, there's been a lot of persecution there too. So I, you know, it's just hard for me to right. really pin down and say yes. that that's a really important
3: issue Speaking of which, I I just heard a story where in North Korea, a bunch of people just got executed or jailed or something for having a bunch of Bibles, which I guess isn't really that new of a story to everybody, but it did happen recently. Um, But I think Byron does make, you know, he makes some good points in his email, yeah, yeah. you know, in that, uh, you know, we really, we don't need to go back to the Greek or Hebrew. I mean, that was a big reason for translating everything in, the, the Bible into English was so that the, the modern man, the, the regular dude could read it and, you know, read God's word and receive from it and study it and be edified and things like that. I mean, that, that was the reason for the KJV. Right. And in that sense, the KJV was, was a blessing, was a godsend in my opinion. Yeah. Um, obviously it's, it's quite archaic language now, uh, it's you know a little bit harder for people to understand, but you know I think a lot of the all the other um or a lot of the other translations they're just for a more modern feel, so people can understand it right. and yeah i think and in my opinion, you know you do lose a little bit you know the more you translate it or the the further away you get from the original languages because I mean if we don't go back to the original languages. Then what well, uh, you know? I mean,
0: yeah, we're I just think you do lose copies. You lose a little bit of the. I, I guess you can say you can lose some aspects of integrity as you move away. Uh, like I know, you know, I, this is a rumor. I actually haven't read the. Uh, you know, I can't even remember. It's like the new new NIV or something. It's like there was a updated version of the NIV that supposedly you know demasculated God. You know, from right. being yes. male to sort of an ambiguous. Kind of thing. So I can see where, you know, people can.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely gets taken across some pretty blurry boundaries for sure. Yeah. When it comes to different versions of the Bible or translations. But in the case of what you're saying, Byron, which is, you know, if we can't trust God to give us a book that will lead us safely to heaven and keep our souls until that day, you know, I think the KJV will get you there. And, and I don't think anybody's saying that. Being a KJV guy is bad, or will uh, prevent you from
0: salvation. Send,
3: yeah, right, send you in the wrong direction or anything. Um, but uh, you know, you go back to the original languages for different purposes. So yeah,
0: absolutely. Good email,
3: though. Good email. Good job, Byron. Thanks, man. This next email is from Mike. Hey, Mike. He says, "Basil and Gons, what's up? What's up? What's up, Mike? What's up?" Um, Hey, guys, new listener. And then as a part of Canary Cry Radio's location protocol, we have censored where he's from. But he goes on and says, I have been listening to Canary Cry Radio for the past few weeks and really enjoying the show. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. High five.
0: So thanks, Mike, for that email. We got another one here from Timothy. And Timothy says illuminati in cartoons i was wondering if you're going to do a broadcast of illuminati symbols in cartoons in particular there's a disney cartoon called gravity falls that is rife with crazy illuminati imagery the recent episode and this was a few weeks back episode 21 gideon's rising is particularly wicked As a parent, I want my daughter to be aware of how prevalent and wicked the Illuminati is, and I usually screen them prior to us watching them together. Episode 21 is so wicked, I did not finish it. Anyway, just wanted to inform you of this. Uh, Well, thanks, Timothy, and we are definitely um, in touch with the show Gravity Falls. I've been watching it. We are aware of the show. We love it. We're going to wear t-shirts uh no but <laughs> uh i've been watching it since since it first started because initially it grabbed my attention when obviously the intro sequence you know the the opening sequence there has a lot of symbolism in there already and the thing that caught my attention was uh dipper the main character guy there finds a book and it's got a handprint on the front with six fingers and of course that's usually a reference to the Nephilim, uh, as described in uh, the Bible, there's a verse, I don't have it in front of me, but it talks about the tall guy from Gath, a descendant of the giant who had six fingers and six toes, 24 in all. And yeah, obviously the authors of and writers of the show have knowledge of the esoteric and the occult information to right. incorporate it into the show with uh, you know that kind of symbolism. You got... Uncle Stan with the Shriner hat.
3: And uh, you mentioned episode 21, which I don't know if I've seen. Episode 20 is one called Gideon Rises, which I have also not seen. But I have seen episode 19 called Dreamscaperers, which includes a character named Bill Cipher, who is... The funniest thing I've ever seen. He's <laughs> I mean, he's a triangle. He's a pyramid, basically. Yeah. A yellow a yellow, golden, glowing pyramid. He
0: appears from another dimension.
3: Right. With arms and legs and a bow tie and a top hat and one big eye in the middle. So I mean he's basically, you know, the all seeing eye in the triangle with a top hat and a bow tie. And you know what's
0: funny is he I think he like sells gold too. He like tells people to buy gold. <laughs>
1: Time to invade Stan's mind. This should be fun. Remember, reality is an illusion. The universe is a hologram. Bye, Cold. Bye. Which
3: is right. really kind yeah. of interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny. I mean, he's just it's hilarious, I mean, when you think about it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, this is this whole show is basically inundated with Illuminati symbolism and things like that. But at least Bill Cipher is a bad guy. I mean,
0: that's true. You know, what I think is interesting is, um, I almost felt like, and I, you know, the dreamscapers episode, especially they hint on all these esoteric things, right? Like, you know, the whole premise of that episode is they have to go into uncle Stan's mind to, you know, confront some things or whatever. So it's, you know, very sort of spiritual in that sense. Right. But at the same time, I felt like they were just overtly making fun of the illuminati to some extent with the whole bill cipher character and he's just ridiculous and he, I mean, he right. has all these powers right and stuff but
3: yeah well i mean that's the thing with with that character is bill cipher is he's like the perfect anthropomorphic representation of the illuminati like if the illuminati was a being <laughs> he would have like a top hat <laughs> And a bow tie, and like try to sell people gold, and like be really manipulative, but like at the same time not like I don't know, not as sneaky as you think he's being, or as he think he's being. You know, I don't know. It's just hilarious how they do it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the show as a whole is completely takes like all of its material from, you know, esoteric weird stuff that we talk about. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And you know what's funny is they, you know, there's been episodes where. Uh, you know, the main character gets cloned over and over again and stuff. And there's, there's all kinds of little hints. So, you know, it's kind of hard to say to keep, you know, your kid's eyes away from it to some extent, you know, because I think, I think as long as you sort of talk about it with them, and I know it's challenging when they're, they're younger. um, But as long as you sort of Know what's going on, and and you can you're able to at least converse about it a little bit with your kids. I think it's okay. My daughter knows what's going on, she thought it was hilarious that it's you know, she's like, she just thought it was hysterical, you know, not because not because she's buying into it, it's because you know, wow, it's so overly obvious, yeah, Yeah, so so obvious and so blatant that it's it's hysterical. So,
3: yeah, and just you know, have your kids listen to Canary Cry Radio. We have people talking about uh, you know, how their kids listen to the show how's it going kids just saying hi howdy from basil here um but yeah so we try to keep it pc around here
0: yeah we don't want to get g (laughs) not
3: not politically correct but you know g pg pg that's what it is pg or G? I thought it was g i don't know kids are growing up these days pg maybe
0: yeah okay
3: OK, well, thank you for that email, Timothy. I, I think we, you know we've addressed Illuminati uh, symbolism in the media and just sort of in the world. You know maybe if we get enough, enough material, and which I'm sure we could, to do a whole episode on symbolism in cartoons, we uh, might just go ahead and do that. Absolutely. And we got another email We actually have a couple emails From a listener named Norm And so uh, I'll just go through here And read some emails from Norm Here we go I'm listening to your episode on fear And for all of you who might want to go listen to that That's episode 34 You caught my attention when you played Michael W. Smith's concert In which he played the song Awesome God You. I love that song I know my comment has little or nothing to do with the content of your podcast but I just want to let you know how much I like the song well good Norm I'm glad you like the song Gons good job putting that song in there Oh yeah. And, and you know don't worry about having a comment that has little or nothing to do with the content of the podcast this was a perfect chance for us to advertise uh, episode 34 you know what's fear. crazy
0: is, is that was almost a year ago now
3: isn't that no. nuts? Yeah. No, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, and it that also shows feel like that. that at all. Yeah, it also means that we've only done twenty episodes since.
3: Yeah, it shows so. we're a little we're a little bit behind right now, but that's okay. It's
0: okay. We'll we'll pick it up.
3: We'll pick it up. But Norm's you
0: know? not done. Norm's not done. But Norm's
3: yet. not done. He's got another one. He, this is a different one. But we'll just string it right along. Here he goes. He says, "I'm listening to your podcast on greed and the singularity. That's episode thirty nine for all of you who want to go listen to it." Um, and you guys mentioned something about greed. Well, I hope uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I had a sudden flash of my early teens when my parents and I were invited by the family in the cottage next door to go fishing with them. Mom suggested that I get the jelly donuts for us to munch on for a snack. I ran back to the cottage, took the donuts, and counted only five instead of the necessary six donuts for each of us. Heaven forbid I returned to the boat with only five donuts when there were six hungry mouths to feed. So I ate all five jelly donuts. Thank you. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> Norm, good. you know? Norm gets it. You know it. Norm? I, I I know you were just trying to do something for the family, man. You just, you know, you didn't want somebody to feel left out, so you just uh evened out the score and just ate all of the donuts.
0: <laughs> I wonder if it was 6 including Norm or if it was 6 apart from Norm, you know?
3: I don't know. Yeah. But Sounds like he needs, you know, really needed to get this off his chest. And I'm glad that Canary Cry Radio could be a place where you could come out in a safe place amongst friends who aren't going to judge you for this terrible sin <laughs> that you did when you were younger. And I just want you to know you're still loved. And uh, we're here for you, buddy. Please, if you have any more stories, to tell us, you know, confessions.
0: Please let us know how you worked off those five donuts.
3: Yeah. Let us know your exercise routine. Although I'm sure you, you were a young teen. You were able to burn it off just... Just by sitting there. Just sitting there. All right. So there we go. That's a bunch of emails and voicemails and things for y'all. Um, hope you enjoyed that. Some more user content. So... Or not user content. <laughs> lis- listener content. So there you go. Okay, and as always, everybody, we've still got a whole batch of emails that are still waiting to be read out into the universe, so don't you fret if you've got one in the waiting room. It is just waiting for that perfect moment to come out. So Yeah, we definitely
0: have a couple more voice messages as well, so if you want to give us one of those, make sure to go to CanaryCryRadio.com and... Look for that little tab on the right-hand side and leave us a voicemail.
3: Yeah, leave voicemails, send us emails, and you might just hear it here on the show. All right, now it's time to get started on some... Crazy stuff (laughs) (laughs) with Jim Wilhelmson. And like I said, I think I mentioned this in the last episode too, but the hollow earth theory is a very interesting thing. Just even on an intellectual level, which really challenges, will severely challenge your worldview and your paradigm as to what on earth is the earth and so just strap yourself in um, and here we go with the rest of our interview with Jim Wilhelmson. I personally would like to talk about the hollow earth a little bit more Gans I know you remember that I, I've i kind of wanted to do an episode on the hollow earth for a while here but right. just felt we didn't quite have uh, what we needed to do it and so this is an excellent segue <laughs> uh, <laughs> To to make one of my dreams come true. So that being said, let's take a, a step sideways here and um kind of explain a little bit more slowly for those listeners who may not have uh heard of the Hollow Earth or really looked into it, or maybe just think it's, you know, another one of those crazy things that um, you know, the nutballs talk about.
1: Sure. Um you know, I got to admit, I, I can tell you a little bit of a story. Um, that I myself, I, and I understand people laughing and thinking, boy, that's crazy, you know, no scientist, so you know, what's solid? That's why I learned that in school, and you know, my teacher was pretty right on and, and whatnot. But, um, right. I know when I first was confronted with the idea of a, of a hollow earth, I was reading about some of the technology the nazis were working on through their occult beliefs and activities i was yeah. reading about um operation paperclip boy that that's a hornet's nest when you open that one up yeah. um but also i heard that last bastion nazis had escaped into the antarctic on a base 211 where they discovered an opening to a hollow earth and that right. from there they're still you know working business as usual only they've changed their plans a little bit but it's from that area like they're Readout location that they're uh, doing all their you know nasty deeds. Well, I heard that and I'm going you know this is 1996 and I'm I'm saying this is the most kicked in the head stupid thing I've ever heard. This is crazy. I'm on the floor laughing, thinking this is ridiculous. And I'm thinking, my gosh, you can find anything on the internet was still brand new, but you know it, it had that <laughs> on there. And I'm thinking this is wacko. This is nuts. And I was just totally not open to the idea at all. And the Lord had a neat way of tapping me on the shoulder and saying, Jim, I'm trying to show you something here, you know, and quit laughing. Um, what he did, how he did that, my my son, who's now 32, uh, was 12 years old at the time. And he come up to me, he says, Dad, can we do a Bible study together? And I'm thinking, 12 years old, that's a difficult time. Man, how cool is that? You know, I don't, I want to encourage him. So, you know, and he he was aware of, you know, I have this Bible study program by BibleSoft that I... Uh, use, and I can geek out for hours on end doing, you know, just a word study or whatever. It's about okay. 80 or 90 reference material, you know, reference books condensed onto one uh, DVD. So, you know, it's 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 really, for me, a geek, I, it's a lot of fun. I, I use it all the time. I can do a fantastic amount of study in a short time, where in the old days, I used to have to actually look them all up in separate books, and just the process of looking them up took hours on end. So, so yeah, he uh, he wanted to do a Bible study together, and then he finished his sentence. He says, "Can we do one on hell?"
2: <laughs>
1: I'm trying to keep a poker face and going, "Kid, can't we do something a little more upbeat?" Why do I want it? I mean, come on! But I smiled and I said, "Sure, son, we can do one on hell." So I thought that was weird, but you know, okay, I don't want to <laughs> discourage him. So you know, right. I started I started doing a study with him together, and we looked up all the different scriptures about hell. And my gosh, it was like a wake-up call. It was like, oh my gosh, Lord, this stuff's real. Um, Scriptures that I had seen, preached, and taught on for, you know, over 20-some years, all of a sudden, they're jumping out at me in a whole different perspective. And I'm realizing, oh my gosh, this really happened. It's true. So it was a wake-up call for me. So I can understand how other people can laugh. Um, You know, just, you got to keep in mind, Christians, that the same... Modern science that tells you that we came from a monkey is the same. Modern science is telling you that the earth isn't hollow, that um, there are no such things as UFOs. I'm sorry, but there is. And right. when I can show you chapter, text, and verse of the scriptures, I'm going to stand on that story and I'm not going to deviate one little tiny bit. All right. So there we go. So now, what did I find? Well, the first one that I heard was um, basically out of the words of Jesus' own mouth he talked about now liberal theologians like to say this is a parable of uh lazarus and the rich man this wasn't a parable uh, first century uh, i mean a first year student taking a hermeneutics class knows certain rules of engagement when interpreting the bible and one right. of them is whenever uh, a story is being told and it has a literal name or a geographical location, this is to be taken as a historical narrative. It's right, real. Right, it happened. Right. It's not a parable. It's not, you know, when Jesus spoke in parables, he said a certain man came to a, he wouldn't mention geographical location or name. So there's a right. guideline right there. Now, Jesus talking about um, Lazarus and the rich man, there's a name right there. Lazarus and a rich man. Heads up, this is a real story. This isn't make-believe. It's not uh, an allegorical story of good and evil. So the whole story, you know, to, to long story short, the whole story ends up that, that Lazarus was a, was a beggar. The rich man um, had this big palace home, uh, and Lazarus would come at the door and, and uh, eat the scraps from the table with along with the dogs. He dies, um, he goes to Abraham's bosom. Right Now, uh, the rich man dies, he goes to um, Sheol, hell. Right. So, Jesus continues to explain that Abraham's bosom is separated from a chasm, or a big gulf, a rift, between two chambers in a literal hollow earth. How do I know that? He said, Abraham's bosom. I look in all of the commentaries, they're trying to say, well, Abraham's bosom that means the heart, and Abraham was, you know, soft and tender towards those that are, of faith, and so this was a place where, where they went, but it's just allegorical. No, it's not, it's literal. Now, uh, in a book called Customs and Manners, we can play catch-up to what was typical and traditional in the in the biblical times. And the, the key to understanding what Abraham's bosom is, that is the fact that we don't wear togas anymore. <clears throat> in the huh. day when the Bible was written, people all wore a toga. People all knew what a bosom meant. Um, when you had a toga, like a robe, you tied it around the waist, and then when you went to market... You use the bosom, that empty space between your uh, waist and your chest, you use that as a pocket, and you stuff things in it as you're buying stuff. That's your shopping bag. It's a bosom of a garment. It's inside the garment. So the point there, Abraham's bosom was this pocket inside the earth. That's what was being described here. It's literal. It's real. It happened. There's an opening. Um, In... uh, Oh, let's see, what is it, Job? No, let's see. Well, um, 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 oh, there's several, and I'm, I'm looking in my notes here. To find no which, uh, there's one in, I think it is, um, Psalms 1, let's see, what is it, 116.3, The sorrows of death compassed me, and the pains of hell got a hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Um, the pains of hell, when you look at that in the Hebrew, it's literally talking about the paunch or the stomach of a cow well the cow has two stomachs Mm. and we got two chambers so again it's alluding to the same consistency there of the two chambers that jesus was describing now um, there was peter says that uh in his book that there was um an alteration in the earth after the flood that at one time the two spheres were bound together but now they're covered over what he was talking about was the inner earth from the outer earth when you go to the original language you see that this is what he's describing here that one was they coexisted but after the flood something changed and now they're one is cut off from the other well that is explained further in um job thirty-eight thirty. It says the waters are hid as with a stone and the face of the deep is frozen that's your antarctic and arctic uh, circles, that especially in the Antarctic, there's a couple miles thick of ice that are covering over the opening to a hollow earth. And it's right. exactly what the scriptures are telling us. So um, there's there's actually a couple other uh, scriptures. Another one in Job twenty six eight says, He binds up the waters as a thicket before broken into a, h- a hidden opening underneath. Now that was my own rendering after looking at the Hebrew words in that in that text, that's what it could say. I'm not saying it absolutely is what it says. There's variations that make it s- that this could be what is being said. And if it's true, right. then it fills in this same gap to the idea that there are holes at the poles and openings. And the one that really, really kind of flipped me out, Amos nine two. Now. In the context, this falls under what's called the rule of duplicity. There's the context of the scriptures is talking actually about the Jews being dispersed and going and and hiding. And it's talking in an allegorical sense that, you know, you can't do this. People can't do this. It says, though they dig into hell, then shall my hand take them. Though they climb up into heaven, thence will I bring them down. So that is like a same but opposite. This is what the Lord told me about everything that Satan is doing. He's doing in the same but opposite of what God has done. So I say the whole redemptive process, Satan is imitating through science and technology to provide everything that God has provided for us, right. and everything that God has done, Satan is going to do. So in this scripture, or a good example, um, we know that there is a living idol, an be- image of the beast that's going to be made to come alive, and people will demand to be worshiping it. Right. Well, in the Old Testament times, God is speaking through the prophets, and he's saying, eyes have they, but they see not. Ears have they, but they hear not. Those that make them are like them. So Satan turns it around and says, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to make something that can see, that can hear, and those that make them are like them. So this is where the image of the beast comes. Well, in the same format as the Jews were dispersed, there's another group of people, Satan's people, that would be dispersed after doing some horrendous thing and they are literally going to dig into hell, they're literally going to climb into heaven, but God's going to bring them down. There was only one group in all recorded history that ever did that. The Nazis, through their occult agenda, it almost commanded them that they had to look for an inner earth, which they did, and they were trying to ascend into heaven. They were already developing a space program uh, after they won the war, we gleaned all of that through um, Werner von Braun and um, Operation Paperclip. But they were also in space in another sense. They were also working on a time travel project. So this group of people were actually fulfilling Amos 9-2. They were trying to climb into heaven and and and, um, and actually dig. For, they weren't looking for hell. They thought they were looking for an inner earth where they're, they're genetically connected uh, uh Relatives lived there. Um, They got this, of all things, through a book called um, The Coming Race by um, Bulwer Lytle, who was an Englishman, but he was also a Rosicrucian and a a high-level mason. And the book was probably one of the first science fiction books written in 1840. It was about a hollow earth and entities that lived there that were tall. um,
3: Yeah, well, that that sort of lines up, I I mean, with... um admiral Byrd and his testimony i mean they it doesn't really line up with a um, an idea that the the inner earth is actually hell or something like that it, it, uh, from his diary and and from what it sounds like you're telling me about the uh, the nazi writings or the occult writings is that it's actually kind of a cool place in there
1: well you know the thing is that there's two chambers one is an upper chamber one is a lower chamber and even in the lower chamber there's different levels Um, you know, Tartarus being the lowest one where, you know, the angels that sinned are being reserved in this everlasting uh, form of darkness. But there's other levels. Um, I believe Cain and his descendants were were commanded to, after Cain killed Abel, they were were told to that they were going to be wandering in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Well, that brings a whole new area of why it might be important to understand that there's a hollow earth. If Abraham's bosom is inside the earth, the hot, you know, Jim. Where do you come up with that? How do you find out that um, that um, that's really what happened? Well, in Ephesians four nine, when Jesus died on the cross, he looked at the thief, the one thief that said, "Remember me when you come to your kingdom." He says, "This day shall you be in paradise with me." <laughs> well, we got a big problem with that because Jesus didn't ascend into heaven until after forty days after his death. So, in Ephesians four nine, it says, "Now this he ascended." What does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. What? Say what? He did what? Yeah, he. Uh, it says also in 2 Peter three five and seven. For this they are willingly ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens of old and the earth standing out of water. Oh no, I'm sorry, wrong scripture. That was the one I was looking for before about the inner earth and outer earth uh, being combined. So let me find the right one here. Right. Um, okay, it's in First Peter three eighteen and twenty. Being put to death in the flesh, he made, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison who were formerly disobedient. But when, but once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, now that's telling it's bringing it right back to Genesis 6. It's bringing it right back to those that were put into this pit, waiting for the earth to uh, wobble again and Guess what's happening in these last days? We've been keeping up with some of that information. The Earth's polar axis is shifting. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you know what? Guess what's gonna happen pretty soon? These locust invasion from the inner earth is gonna come out. We yeah. need to We need to have a good understanding of who they are. The Mormons think that they're the lost ten tribes of Israel that exist in the inner earth, and they're going to come out as apostles to correct us and help us through the time of tribulation. I say, "Ah, yeah, I agree with you that something's coming out, and they're going to look like humans, and they're going to be in the midst acting like apostles, but you know what? They are not (laughs) God's chosen. They are demonic deceivers that are going to sway mankind toward a one-world government, one-world religion, one-world... economy system so you know this is what's happening it ties in with um isaiah 26 chapter it says that that uh it's it says oh lord um others have been married unto us it means combined but when you look in the original language it literally means that they were married to us this is a scripture that goes right along with um isaiah 24 in isaiah 26 it says that but he had you you are says you are dead literally meaning physically dead uh, you will not rise. You are the deceased. You shall not rise. And deceased there is the word rafah, means ghost of the giants.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: It means they are, and, and so people go, see, see, they're not going to rise. No, because the next scripture overturns what it was just told you. It says, right. but he has visited you and made you, your, even your name to, uh, and given you total destruction, and made even your name to be forgotten. So, That visitation is what I just told you, that Jesus first descended into the bowels of the earth. He proclaimed some kind of message to the spirits there. The spirits in prison are not talking about human departed spirits. The way it's used in in context here can only refer to spirit beings that he preached to. And the preach doesn't mean that he went down and preached the gospel. That word without a definer just simply means that he made a statement. And what the statement right. was, he, oh, he made an open show of them, the scriptures say, and humiliated them. Why? Because, hey, you tried to cut me off at the past, but you know what? I did my work. I have redeemed all of mankind, and you can't do anything about it. You know what? I'm going to muster you up as an army to your own total destruction. And there's nothing you can do about it. You know what? They're grasping straws. straws. We're going to be mustered up? All right, we can escape. They're deluded. They're crazy. They think they're going to beat God at his own game. They're going to eternalize this linear existence into their own eternal happy state. Satan wants his own heaven. When he said in the five I wills, You know, I will ascend above heaven, I will be like the most high. He doesn't want God's heaven. He wants to create his own out of this fallen world that he has right here. And he's got a plan that he thinks is going to work. He's deluded. He thinks he's going to beat God at his own game. Ezekiel 38th chapter says that there's a fire raging or burning within him. That means he's insane. No matter how smart he is, he's always going to come to the wrong conclusions. And he thinks he's going to beat God at his own game. And he's not. You know, he's going to get his own universe. He'll get what he wants. The only problem is it's called the Lake of Fire, and he's going to be doing backstroke in it forever. <laughs> right. Now,
2: now
0: I, I think Isaiah twenty six nineteen also alludes to that idea because um, it says, uh, "Your dead shall live; your bodies shall rise. You will dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. For your dew is a dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead." And the word dead there is the same word, Rapha, like the, the mm-hmm. spirits of the giants. So, yep. uh, again, that's another <laughs> scripture that talks about these, um, these spirits coming up. It's, it's fascinating. right?
1: Absolutely. You know, and, so, and you look at, okay, in Job 26.6, it says that dead things are formed in the abyss and the inhabitants thereof. Uh, um, But then the next thing is this, but none of this is being hidden. God sees all of it as a plan of destruction. Mm. Well, dead things are formed. i read commentaries, you know, and the people did the best they could with what they had at the time. But now, as Daniel was told, at the time of the end, when knowledge increases, people run to and fro, these things will begin to unwind and become clear. Well, we're living in those times right now. Dead things are formed. Again, rafa. Right, yeah. And form means to be repaired. Yeah. And it means in a twisting, spiraling manner. That's genetic manipulation, man. Yeah, that's something Something genetic is going on. Well, then we go to Daniel two forty three, the end of the the whole kingdoms and everything. The the ten toes mixed with miry clay and and uh, iron. It says that there's an activity that goes on in this last beast empire, where they mingle their seed with men, but they will not cleave one to another, even as iron does not cleave to clay. Well. Some people have said, well, see, it doesn't, it's not successful, whatever they, no, wait a minute, no, that's not logical. Whatever this activity is going on here, it is deemed so important that God himself returns before this can come to total fruition. This is some dangerous activities going on in the last beast empire. They're actually doing something. Well, what are they doing? They're mingling their seed with men. But, but it says that they don't cleave one another. Yeah, okay, well, let's look at the word cleave. What does it actually mean? that word cleave in the aramaic is identical to the hebrew word that means talking about marriage a man shall leave father and mother and they therefore he shall cleave unto his wife and the two shall become one well what happened before in the flood they married and produced offspring that were hybrid entities that should never have been and will never be again but here they reappear they reappear but this time it's outside of marriage it's clinical it's doing by genetic manipulation and we see that as part of the theme of genesis 6 it says that all of the animals were corrupted in their way when you go back to the hebrew there it means that their natural path lines had been altered that means their genetics there's a whole lot of tampering going on we have missed harpies of of minotaurs and this stuff was all real stuff stuff that the the hybrids had taught mankind to do and so they started goofing up all of uh creation everything would be corrupted not in some moral way but in a forensic way so we're coming you know full circle and just as jesus said just as in the days of noah show so the coming of the son of man be everything that happened then is happening re-happening again right uh the nazis were the first this is what really is incredible the nazis were the first through their occult belief system they were the first to start working on mind control they were the first to start working on cloning they were the first that understood anti-gravity and electromagnetic forces uh they started building uh these ufos where did they get the information uh, maria ausich uh and another gal uh i can't remember her name uh they belonged to a girl society and even before hitler and the nazis came into power they through channeled some kind of uh uh, they're ancient Nordic gods from the Aldebaran system and actually got a plan to make this time machine where they could actually reach and make connection to their gods. Well, they didn't have all the materials then in 1919 when, when this first came down, but they remained a society. And by in the 30s, supposedly, there was they had their own UFO crash uh, in the Black Forest and started back engineering some of this stuff um the ss onnnab on an intellectual level realized that that um, all these mystery spots and ancient places all throughout the world contained encrypted technology that they can convert into new technology and science so they globe trotted that's why the movie raiders of the lost ark you saw nazis at an ancient egyptian dig the ss onnnab went all over the world including even uh, in mexico uh new mexico they they traveled the world looking at all these mystery spots and extracting uh a science from some of the religious beliefs some of the legends and myths a good example is mercury the the ancient god and goddesses of mercury um in the greek parthenon mercury is the healer the restorer in the roman parthenon he's the messenger swift uh messenger of commerce and trade so right we, yeah. we see that um the sadducee the medical staff we see two intertwined serpents with uh on a shaft or a pole with sometimes represented by one globe or two globes on it and then wings well they the, the way the occult mind the nazi mind looked at that they said you know what if we take uh just like from Kuntalanti yoga if we take mercury the element mercury and put it in a vortex it's gonna cause an electrical polarization that'll produce a new form of flight now that sounds really crazy but you know what that's exactly the heart of what a ufo does it travels on an anti-gravity electromagnetic form of engine and mercury is the primary substance that's used to be able to produce that wow
0: and, and that's go ahead.
1: i was just going to say that's easily provable by crashes where they've seen the fluid they smelt it and it smelled like the uh like ozone Um, there's just so much evidence in so many different directions. I've got most of that recorded in my book.
3: So you're giving me the secret to UFO flight on the air.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, it gets Uh even better than that. My my latest series on YouTube, uh, Time Travel in the Bible, I discovered exactly how some of the technical problems of, of time travel, punching a hole in space and time to create a wormhole, I know how they do it now our own government i don't think i don't maybe they played catch up. i don't know but the nazis did it i know that sounds crazy time traveling nazis are you nuts you this guy is nuts oh he's totally nuts no i can show you in the scriptures it's there it's real it's going to happen or it did happen. right yeah. and that's why it's beyond science fiction it sounds crazy it's so far out of the box How do how any normal person can hear this and go this guy's a nut. He's a nut. <laughs> Well, you know, the thing is, if you take time to read my, watch my videos or read my book, you're going to find out I'm not a nut. I've put together some things that I didn't find him. The Lord pointed him to me and sometimes right. shoved it under my nose even when I was laughing and not believing it either. But it all comes together and it makes sense.
3: Now, we didn't talk a lot about Admiral Byrd which is the more secular account of um the hollow earth theory and for those of you who don't know admiral Byrd was in the navy i believe and allegedly flew a plane to the north pole was it or was it the south pole
1: oh it was over the north pole where he was over the north Pole. apparently saw warm a warm area he saw um, began to see tropical um, vegetation of right. woolly really mammoth. Now you know what is interesting with this in the early '60s when I was a kid. My grandfather told me that he was when he was younger in the '20s. He went to a movie theater and on the news they had that movie tone news or whatever. They had the little news reels in between movies. He said that right. he saw a movie where Admiral Byrd had flown over the Arctic and had saw. You know, I was really big into dinosaurs then, and he was telling me that he saw um, warm vegetation and a a woolly mammoth. And I thought, right, kind of crazy. That's, you know, I'm, you know, I love my grandpa, but I think he's a little bit loopy here, you know. (laughs) And then years later, I hear that there was actually a movie given out, it was the actual recordings of um, Bird's Expedition. And it was shown only a few times in in selected theaters, and then it was taken off and removed and never to be seen again. On the deathbed, the producer of that uh, documentary said that that's exactly what happened. I read that, and my jaw dropped, and I go, oh my gosh, I remember my grandfather saying he saw it. He really did see it. He wasn't just a confused old man. Wow.
3: Wow. And and in his accounts, he he continues to fly, and his uh, instruments are messing up as you'd expect when you get that close to the pole. And uh, uh, what was it? A UFO came by and, and got him. Oh, kind no, of but that was, okay. Now, see, that was that was
1: different. That was um, okay. Now in nineteen in I think it was like nineteen twenty. Oh gosh, you know, I, I, it was sometime in the twenties when when Admiral Bird flew over um the arctic now in 1947 his diary or account of of his encounter over the antarctic is where he was stopped by a ufo by a saucer so he, made he went to, to land both poles he went to both poles yes and mm-hmm. in 1947 the reason why i say that that diary is fake and i don't believe it is real is because knowing that he went first to the antarctic and then he's experiencing the same thing again in, I mean, he went first to the Arctic, and then knowing that he was experiencing the same thing again in the Antarctic, the diary reads out as if this is all brand new, and he's just all fascinated, and no, that, that's fake, because if it was real diary, he would say, wow, this is just like when I was in the Ar- in the Arctic. There was no comparison whatsoever. It was made to look like he, it was all brand new, and, and it was the first time experience, so I think somebody well informed that knew what was going on faked out his diary to try to promote the truth that he was there, that these things did happen. But I don't believe that I don't believe that Admiral Byrd himself actually wrote that. And based on the idea that he had already experienced all of this stuff before, except being <laughs> made to land uh, underground and uh, having German-speaking um, Aryan-type people. people, yeah, the Nordics right. telling him you know, not, you know, to, uh, you know, pursue peaceful means and, and uh, not use bombs. But what's interesting is that after, well, the whole expedition to the Antarctic, it's right after World War II, the whole world is devastated. The last thing you're going to do is throw a bunch of money at um, some etherical studies uh, for, uh, for science. I mean, the money just wouldn't be there. And even the expedition itself, 13 ships went, uh, and Admiral Byrd was the only expert they had at the time in the Antarctic. He was also familiar with, uh, with some of the Nazi technology that had been captured or uh, was alluded to at the end of the war. Um, the SS Yes, there's not, I don't know, as they were globetrotting and then eventually ended up in the Antarctic. We knew something was going on down there, but we didn't know exactly what. So our only expert was Admiral Byrd. Now, if it was a scientific expedition, there was not even one special scientific ship going. It was a complete military contingency, including an aircraft carrier, submarines, uh, tenders, battleships. This was a war effort on our part. All right.
3: Chasing down
1: the, uh, contingency of Nazis, right. The last bastion of Nazis that we knew were probably down there. And so we were going to flush them out when they made a landing, they made a three point, um, or landing headed towards new Schwabenland, Um, which was the, um, queen maud land coastal area. They went on a three point attack attacking that area, but they lost, um, most of their PBY reconnaissance planes, they, it was a dangerous trip anyway. There were some deaths, but it wasn't like a major war or anything. But it was enough where they were stopped, dead in their tracks. They were, they were outfitted for eight months. They were only there a couple weeks and turned their tail in, in defeat. Uh, right. On the way back, a uh, ship-to-shore conversation with a Chilean newspaper, uh, Bird was alleged to have said that in the future we would have to contend with aircraft that could go from pole to pole in a matter of minutes. Now Interesting um it's all rumor hearsay nobody can prove that but then it's the same it falls into place with the philadelphia experiment it falls into place with roswell crash um But the interesting thing is the actions afterwards when Admiral Byrd, now there was a big fanfare of him going down there. When he came back, he was sent to Washington right away, told to be quiet, not say anything. The press didn't cover anything more. It was just kind of like hushed up, just like Fukushima is hushed up right now. Um, You know, and it goes away and people are easily compatible to that. And they just forget about it. And that's what what happened with the whole trip down there. But then the next thing, Emerald Berg gets on this idea that, hey, we need to use the Antarctic to test our nuclear bombs. Let's not do it in our own country. Let's bomb. Let's bomb the Antarctic. Bomb the Antarctic. (laughs) So he pushed a bill. And in 1952, uh, uh, two months before that bill was to go on the floor for discussion, all of a sudden, Washington, D.C. is buzzed by uh, a series of uh, massive UFOs over the Capitol building. And they yeah, send out jets, right. and as soon as the jets come out, they blink out and disappear. Then the uh, jets go back to the base and they're grounded, they reappear. Then they disappear. Then they reappear. It happened three times. This is kind of weird. Now, the interesting thing about it is if you notice the little color clip, have you ever seen that color clip on that? Yes, I have. Really? Yeah, we. Well, from my being a, a World War II freak, Um, And I did this long before I was investigating this stuff. That's how come I was able to make the Nazi connection to all of this. Um, I noticed a pattern. They were flying in a regular Luftwaffe pattern. And I'm going, whoa, man, the Krauts, you know, you're letting yourself be known. You're even flying like Nazis in UFOs, you know, this is Uh. crazy. And uh, so one person challenged me about that. Well, what do you mean they're flying like uh, uh, Nazis? And I said, well, during World War II... Um, the strategy that the Allies used in the bombers, they kept everything tight. And they had um, they had uh, the idea that if they kept all the planes tightly packed together, then all the machine gunners from the tail, from the wings and the sides and the on top and on bottom uh, could spray out a huge amount of uh, bullets in all directions and it would keep the, uh, the enemy fighters from coming in and, and blowing them up. If they strayed away then they, they would not be in that packed kind of environment. Well the Nazis soon realized now we we drive we flew in formation in a V pattern formation but everything the wingman um, or the point man and then the the wingman on left and right they were all flying on the same level degree. Right. Right. The Luftwaffe modified that they said <laughs> well instead of You know, It's easy to strafe if you're going on one uh, level plane area. So what we'll do is we'll modify it. We'll make the point man on one level. The left wing and the right wing will be altered up and down from each other and changed. So that that makes, you can even see this in the World War II documentaries. You see the machine gunners going up and down all over the place. They're trying to get the the enemy um, aircraft because they're flying in a staggered, V formation, not a in line V formation. That's exactly where you see these uh, UFOs flying.
2: Mm, and so, interesting.
1: So, yeah, it's you know there are so many little subtle connections like that. My in my logical mind, when the Lord first told me about Nazi UFOs, I'm going, oh come on, this is insane. How can you know? Why didn't they? Why aren't we goose stepping into a swastika? How come they didn't win the war? The more I understood the technology, the more I realized, okay, they have this really cool looking craft that can travel really really fast, but It's creating its own electromagnetic field separate from the rest of reality, the rest of uh, the earth. And you can't send a projectile from one force into the other. So Mm. it can't be used as a weapon. All it can do is be a sudden startling appearance in the heavens with a new message. Oh, that's exactly what Thessalonians said we should look for someday.
3: Mm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so we got hidden Nazis in the South Pole. We've got a, a paradise in the North Pole. Now, how does that, in your mind, kind of connect with the, uh, the biblical ideas that you found in your research? Now, you, you mentioned there were two, two sections of the inner earth or the hollow earth. Um, I mean, are we talking about like a, a heaven and hell sort of situation uh, as you were talking about with the bosom? or What, what, what would the inner earth look like if you were, you know, forced to sit down with a pencil and render out a sketch?
1: Well, you know, it's it's crazy. I'm not a geophysicist, so I couldn't give you the technical, you know, understandings completely. But I right. knew know that apparently there's two uh, chambers, and the lower chamber apparently has different levels. Um, the upper chamber, we're told that, you know, if that's paradise, there is a angelic entities or with a sword a fiery sword but you know what that fiery sword uh doesn't necessarily have to be a sword it is some kind of a defense mechanism that prevents uh mankind from entering too far or too deep into this area because the tree of life is there and somehow that tree of life is i don't know literal tree or is it a possibly a wormhole a a means of connecting from heaven to earth i I mean i don't know but something's there that's prevented, that is preventing mankind from actually delving too far into it. Um, there was a voyage, gosh, back in eighteen hundreds, where somebody actually had recorded seeing a, on Eden like conditions, and they could only go so far, and they couldn't go, you know, beyond that point. So something is there to prevent that. In the in the South Pole, there's a real literal hell. I don't know that anyone actually went there. I think they went to probably the lower level, which is an area that is. Eden like, but it's not it's you know, it's can be deceptive. What's interesting is that then in, in Alien Abductions, uh at the oh let's see, what was the Alien Abduction Conference at, that was done in Cambridge in MIT, uh they gathered everybody in nineteen ninety-two, everybody that was who who investigating the whole phenomena. They took everything in common. Um from 300 cases that were the best cognitive memory cases, multiple witness cases, the best cases that they had, they poured out everything that was different, everything that was common. They concluded, and I use this, I I had the book and I highlight the, their findings, which I think were pretty open and objective and honest, because uh, they shoot themselves in the foot by their own words, you know, and, and actually confirm the biblical explanation. They said that in all transitions, there was only like um, out of the 300 cases, there was only 35. Um Most of them were going from a smaller vehicle to a large like mothership. Not one victim had ever seen themselves leaving earth into outer space or coming from outer space into an alien world
2: right and in
1: yeah. all the rest of the transitions they went either in the ocean into a cave into an underground terrain or they went into a mountainous area into a cave into an underground subterranean domain. They saw hmm. two different things they saw a total wasteland and others saw a an area that had lush vegetation, tropical, actually kind of nice-looking and pretty. Now, right. Now, to me, when Cain, after he killed Abel, was sentenced to wander in the land of Nod, east of Eden, gives a whole new meaning to, to, to um, I believe it's uh, Revelations 18, when it says that uh, that these things come out of the center of the earth, and they're the kings of the east. Interesting. Yeah, I got good news for the Chinese. You know, my the Hollow Earth series over in China has gone viral. I mean, I'm, you know, I guess they think I'm pretty cool over there because (laughs) I kind of let (laughs) them off the hook. Guess what, guys? You aren't crossing the Euphrates, and and you're not. You're you're not going to play a good role in end times but you're not that big invasion that invasion is, <laughs> is a, a group of people that have never been before and will never be again is exactly what joel's second chapter states so this right. is a this is a, a nephilim army of darkness another world reconstructed uh, army that you know that satan in his mind thinks is the ultimate impervious army to anything of death or anything and even joel says they fall upon right. a sword and are not wounded uh, revelation nine it says that they have breastplates of armor so i'm looking yeah, at yeah. these things as being uh cybernetically transhumanistically cloned uh uh cybernetic uh um you know the terminator isn't just a science fiction story we've got the technology to actually make monstrous things like that and i'm i'm afraid that's what we're working on and this is how they're crossing over the last beast empire um is the united states and we're gleaned technology that the nazis had we are reconstructing and creating we think maybe a new super soldier but what the biblical uh revelation is on this is that we are just helping these demonic hordes, disembodied spirits to cross back over into physical form but this time they won't be. They won't be subject to a mortal death. They're going to be right. eternal,
3: right? Yeah. Now, do you think that um, the powers that be, uh, whether it be the United States government or whomever, uh, is aware of the Hollow Earth, or do you think there's they're in cahoots with um, anything uh, having to do with the empty inside of planet Earth?
1: I think most of the lower level. People that are working for the military, that are actually working, whether it be on HARP, Bluebeam, um, any expeditions going to any of these places, most people, I think, I, I may be a bit naive, but most people think they're doing their patriotic duty to help America stay on top of. Evil situations in the earth. I don't think that they're right. they're all nefariously evil or wicked and in cahoots with Satan. There's a medium level where people are being told that you know that, that we are transforming alien technology into um, our own technology to keep our troops safer. Obviously, if we can use drones, if we can use um, Terminator-type uh, robotic-type uh, people, even transfer consciousness into a avatar type of situation we're keeping our people out of harm's way um so i think most of the people are being deceived most of them do not know what they're dealing with but the rich elite the the new world order whoever they might be they know exactly who they're working for they know exactly what's going on and they're the ones that are the most evil wicked people that ever lived on this earth right but it's very few what they've learned from the nazis was to compartmentalize everything so the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. They're, they're an expert in one area, but that's all they know, and they don't even know how it's applied to a bigger picture. I had a two-hour conversation with a guy supposedly who worked with Blackwater. Uh, was in the military, but he worked with Blackwater uh, over in Afghanistan, who was interrogating. Now, Blackwater is supposed to be an information-gathering um, uh, service that's being you know, subcontracted over there. Uh, what he told me was that he he was trained on this particular machine to calibrate and set it up, but he didn't even know what the machine did. But huh. he would he would come and do that, and then he would leave. Well, he forgot something and turned around and went back to the room where he had set this thing up, but it was already in use, and he was peeking through a window. And this thing was part of uh, apparently Blue Beam's, uh, Project Blue Beam, where they were telling this um, prisoner that Allah said it was okay to go ahead and divulge information that he would be helping set his, you know, comrades free, and then it was okay. So this guy was thoroughly convinced uh, to go ahead and, and, you know, tell them what they knew. But he said as he looked, there was like a filter um, through the window, and as he looked through, he could see almost like an invisible entity that was behind this guy that no one else, that you couldn't see under the normal glass, but when you looked at the filtered part, you could see it. You know, I have no idea if this was true or whether it was a spoof or or not. I discerned from the spirit that this was real. I kept the recording. It's about two hours long. Uh, The guy was really confused and mixed up. He got caught. They told him to get out of there. Then all of a sudden, they started messing with his mind, and he loses it. You know, even in, when he was talking to me, he kept losing, you know, his memory and everything. I don't think it was faked out. I think it was real. But I've had, you know, doing this for so long, I've had other times where people have wanted to present me documents that could prove uh, some of the things that I wrote about. Um, and uh, I turned them all down. <laughs> Quite frankly, if they got documents from the government they're not supposed to have, I don't want them. I don't want a right. prison ministry. You know, it's not worth going to prison. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm willing to cross that line when you can prove to me where FEMA cars are going to be and people are loaded up and they're going to be executed or taken to a happy camper place of a, a FEMA camp. Yeah. Right. Then I might be willing to cross that barrier. But until that time, I, you know, like I tell, tell all of them, look, what I have is based on the word of God. And that is good enough for me. If it's in the word, mm. then I, that's all the proof I need. I don't need, you know, other proof. I don't want it. So usually they're mad or disappointed. And, and, uh, Maybe they go to someone else, but you know, I'm not right now, I'm not willing to cross that line. And some of it might be just, you know, they're, they're spoofing with me and some of it might be real. I don't know, but it's not yeah. an area that I'm willing to, to cross over yet with.
3: Yeah. Interesting. Well, Gans, did you have some questions that might fit
0: in here? Well, I mean, there's, uh, there's so many things, but one <laughs> of them, you know, James Cameron went down to the, uh, the bottom of the Mariana Trench, you know, a few years Mm -hmm. ago. And uh, I mean, what do you think he was doing? I mean, (laughs) you know, the whole idea was just to do this excavation to the lowest point, the humans ever been in the ocean and stuff. But do you think there's something to, obviously, you know, if there's a hollow earth then they have access through the oceans and, and, you know, I know that from some, some different studies that they Israelites felt, you know, the shield was sort of a an analogy if you will for the the sea or the ocean. Is there anything that you think is going on that's rumors about USOs, uh, unidentified submerged objects and stuff like that? What what do you think is was happening with the ocean? Do you know of anything? And does it have anything related to the hollow earth?
1: Oh, it's absolutely related and, you know, UFOs, you know, they travel in the air and they travel under the water. That's the same thing. You're right. just looking at the same thing in a different environment. That's all. So, USO is a UFO. It's it's still the same. It's just that they're submerged underwater. But, uh, yeah, the, the Bible indicates to me in another text in Job that there's a, uh, almost a dendritic pattern of cavernous systems that are all over the earth that are used to protect or help hide the inner earth. So, we look in all the mountainous areas like um, superstition mountains like a place a couple places in south america uh almost wherever there's major mountainous ranges you have the same consistent uh legends and myths all throughout history usually of giants that live in these caves of people disappearing um just all kinds of supernatural electromagnetic anomalous situations happening so obviously in the in the de- depth of the trenches there's many other scriptures that are almost synonymous when it says that um, uh, dead things are formed in the abyss, is literally what that word means in Job 26, 6. It's talking about subterranean in the ocean. So, yeah, there's a definite connection there to that. Yeah, I mean,
0: it just seems to me like there's, it's like a whole other world you know that that we just right. haven't really tapped into a whole lot but so do you think that that the uh as far as the nazis go are they still i mean are they there are they still helping out or are, are they you know have they been sort of recruited into this uh satanic army if you will and are they are they helping create this uh, end times rebellion against jesus and and i mean how does it tie into some of the end times deception type stuff i mean i know the bigger picture does but how do you think specifically things are going to play out you know, scripturally, there's certain things that are told, you know, especially in Revelation and things like that. But um, can you paint us a picture of how uh, maybe perhaps the sequence of events or how uh, some of these things will unfold if, you know, we're going to be told that aliens are here, but they're actually, you know, coming from underground? I know that there's a a movie that recently came out called... Um, no, oh, I don't remember, but it's another Pacific one of those. Pacific Ridge, I haven't seen Pacific it. Yet. Yeah, Pacific Rim, Rim where I you know <laughs> the 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 line, the line, the I guess the the big line in the movie is you know we thought they were going to come from this this uh, heavens, but they came from right. below or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, they're they're sort of you know pre-programming our minds so that there is this connection with the inner earth already. But how do you think it's going to play out? What what do you think the sequence of events is going to be?
1: Well, I think everything is happening in the same but opposite of what god has done so you look and understand what the lord's done they're going to do the same but opposite in that i mean where this is concluding we see that there's an invasion from inside the earth that's a reality Uh, and i think i provided enough scripture proof to show how it can be a reality um but so what are they doing well um peter le monsieur a new ager um and this is this is consistent with script with history even Uh, in world war ii it should have been no mystery what the nazis were up to or what the japan was up to because they had written texts that already gave you their complete plan of what they plan to do the tanaka papers written out after uh japan had defeated the entire russian navy uh they said hey wow we're pretty good you know we just beat the second largest navy in the world so uh let's uh plan on conquering all of the pacific so they laid out a 60-year plan It was there. Nobody read it. Nobody uh, understood it or even cared. Billy Mitchell did, and he understood it, and he got it. And he proclaimed it, and they booted him out of the army and thought he was crazy. Um, Mein Kampf, Hitler gave out all of his um, strategies, which are being implemented in the United States right now, along with the ten planks of communism. I mean, it's still, you know, it's there on paper, and we don't read it. Um, Peter Lemassure laid out that in order for a new world order or a global condensation of all things you know government um, religion and, and economy to be established the accountability religions of christianity and and judaism would have to be they would have to fulfill their expectations mm. so in other words they would have to fake out the rapture tribulation and second coming mm. And that is exactly what I think is going to happen with uh, under the guise of UFOs and aliens. Now they're they're playing a good alien, bad alien. The grays, the reptilian little things. Howard demons always depicted as you know reptilian, ugly little you know things. So they're the bad guys, and the good guys are angels. And I'm amazed that all throughout history, angels are always usually Caucasian, blonde-haired, blue-eyed um, <laughs> right. kind of things, you know? <laughs> you know, I have been called a racist because all the giants that have ever been found in the mounds or anywhere else are tall, blonde-haired, blue-eyed. You know, guys, dude, these are bad guys. You don't want to be a part of this. I'm not trying to disenfranchise you. I'm sorry that they don't <laughs> find any, you know, black giants, but, you know, that's just the way it is, because right. it's all tied into Theosophy, Helena Boblaski. and I guess with a name like Wilhelmson, I guess I can say this and not be, <laughs> you know, accused of being a racist on my part. You know, we have a certain amount of history and things that are going to be played out, and it's going to be with this whole master race crap of uh, the Aryan. So, I think the same adopts is going to happen. We're going to have a phony rapture. New Ages are taken, Christians are left behind, silly Christians, you had it wrong, the New Ages had it right. They're fulfilling Mm -hmm. and completing Christianity. So what they're doing is, just as Judaism, um, Christianity was the fulfillment of the law in Judaism, they're going to try to fulfill all our expectations only as a New Age and a cosmic Christ, not the real Christ. Right, so, right. we have a phony rapture, and my gosh, we might be, the way the world's going right now, what's going to happen maybe even tomorrow when they start bombing Syria,
0: Yeah. oh my yeah, goodness, that's... we
1: could be on the verge of World War III. Well, I think during that time is when you're going to see a phony rapture. And then after the phony rapture, we have this great tribulation uh, period, And I think what happens, now I don't know how good alien, bad alien will play into this. I haven't seen that, and I don't pretend to know everything, but I think the Lord's shown me a a lot. But I think that somehow, in the end of it all, in the disputes and everything, there's going to be, the way they're going to present themselves, the Nordic types, they're going to come looking like the angels of God, they're going to present the Antichrist as the um, Christ, and it'll be a, a fake, phony Second Coming. I I truly believe that Obama is being set up right now. A lot of people think he's the antichrist. I don't think he's the real antichrist. I think he's the chump being set up by his own people to look like the antichrist. Probably the Pope is the false prophet. I don't know, but it looks like this is the way things are going to be played out. Everything will parallel the the real thing before the real things happen. I even you know I haven't written about this one, but I even think there's a possibility of a, a a very limited short zombie apocalypse ah uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it might be, i'm serious it might actually happen what does the scripture say if there's a phony rapture it says that the dead in christ shall rise first then we which remain alive will be caught up forevermore right right yeah i think there's going to be a phony resurrection and it'll be a zombie-like thing see you christians got it wrong look you're mindless you know idiots going around chewing people's brains and whatever and you know well, this isn't I mean, right
3: and talk about a generation who is ready for a zombie apocalypse. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I mean that that I think the zombie thing is the epitome of, you know, our uh, desensitization to, you know, some phenomena like that. I mean, I I can honestly say that if zombies came up out of the ground tomorrow, that uh, a large portion of at least the youthful male population of America their dreams would be coming true like it's not it's not even it's not even a a, a weird thing at that point i yeah. mean at that at that point i mean game on we get to you know go kill all the zombies like we've been hoping would happen um so yeah i could totally see that being um, a part of uh what you're talking about
1: well you know in 1978 when i gave the first sermon about um genesis 6 and i mentioned the nephilim people who why even right. in 19 even in 1996 when i got called into this full-time nephilim huh what now say nephilim oh yeah that's like this gamer. oh yeah that's like i saw that movie you know right it's everywhere yeah. everywhere you go everybody knows something about it. mostly wrong but they know right. about it yeah um you know it there's conditioning going on the ancient alien series you know um Some of it is actually very sophisticated and and makes a lot of sense. Some of it is just complete wacko, like the mana machine. Oh, man, when I heard about the mana machine, i am (laughs) rolling around laughing. Okay, where's some fossilized parts? Where's some legends and myths and history that allude to this? There's nothing. You pull this out of thin air and everybody goes, ooh, ah. But then we have the, um, uh, what is that uh, movie uh, they made part one and part two, um, the something code, Da Vinci Code. I oh, mean yeah, totally right. fictional and everybody's going, ooh, oh, it must be real. Yeah, cheese, right. whiz, you know. Yeah, the the this younger generation especially has been set up for all of this stuff. And uh yeah. but the thing is that it's all gonna be done same but opposite. It's gonna make Christianity look like you know, we're we're all wrong and a bunch of nuts and haters and you know, exclusive non inclusive uh to everyone else and it's going to make the new ages look like wow they've got it right that you right. know cosmic crisis coming right, he's not yeah. coming in a fluffy chunk of water vapor he's coming in a ufo because silly christian that's what the uh, that's what the clouds of heaven are no they aren't um you know in my series i i clearly state that if you let the bible define itself by itself it's an angel an order of an angel a living vehicle that's why you know when we were earlier i was talking about this living vehicle what the lord kind of basically showed me was there is a mechanics and physics in heaven that is supposed to stay there but this knowledge has been lowered to fallen man but it's not organic it's taken the organic principles of the way things are done in heaven and mechanizing it so that man is now able to do what god did when you go back and think about the two lies in the the garden of eden you should surely not die and your eyes will be open you shall be as god's right Cloning, all of the transhuman nanobot technology, cybernetics is trying to establish an eternal state for mankind. And the environment that was once eternal, if you think of a technology that could make man think that he could be all-present, all-powerful, and all-knowing, or all-present, all-knowing, and all-powerful, that would be the ability to manipulate and travel time. These are the two technologies that are being given to mankind in the end, and Satan deluded will stand before the white stone and say, see, everything you did, I did, so I'm entitled to my own, you know, I've done it this way according to your rules, and I'm entitled to this. In his own crazy thinking, that's actually what he thinks he's going to be able to stand and do.
3: Hmm. Yeah, exactly, and so you mentioned time travel there, and you mentioned that that is you know, something that could be very well coming up for us here in the near future. I mean, where? what's your take on time travel in general?
1: Well, first off, the Lord made the most profound statement when he said, I am the light. And I don't think we understand the depth of what he meant by that, but I'll I'll show you how. We know that time can be manipulated because God did it. Um, right. In Joshua's long day, he stu- he made the s- uh, sun stand still right. for a couple days until the battle was uh, won. We have actual historical um, accounts of a long day or a long night, depending on your location, that's consistent to an accurate recording worldwide. I mean, it isn't all mixed up. It's where people should, at, at that time and date when it was supposed to have happened, it's almost like night and day is almost like a sine wave going across the, the globe when you stretch it out, and it can show you what to expect in certain areas, and that's exactly the way the, the legends and history is recorded. So, this was a real event. Well, that shows that God can stop time. Um, the next story um, was Hezekiah's uh, situation where he asked that the, sun, that the sun go backward, so this is where God is in control of time where he actually made it go backward. So that can happen. Then the other technology that's maybe required for the ability to travel through time is the fact that that, uh, Philip was told to go to a certain place. He was going to encounter the eunuch. So he did and explained the gospel. The guy responded right away and wanted to get baptized and, you know, accepted Christ. So he did. And then when he came up out of the water, it says that the Spirit caught him away. Caught him away, caught away is harpazo, the same thing as being Mm. caught away in the rapture. Yeah. So, Mm. we have a supernatural teleportation experience in the Bible. So, all the mechanics is there in the Bible. This can be done by God. Can man accomplish the same thing? Well, if God did it, the fallen angel is going to make sure that we can do the same thing, because in our own vanity, we're going to try to say, we don't need God, see, we can do everything that you did right Uh, virgin birth is no big deal now we can do artificial insemination and it happens all the time see we're taking away we man's own vanity thinks that if we can explain the things god did we've taken his power away somehow and now we are in control of it now a true person who loved the lord he would be just more amazed and go wow that's really cool how you did that lord so it depends are you a rebel or are you a lover of god if you're a lover of god you're just going to appreciate God is a God of order. He's established physics. He's the one that created everything in a structure, in an order. We call it physics. It's just that we don't know all the physics that exist around. So, there are prophetic scriptures that say that associated with an individual. Now, these scriptures are always attributed, well, this is the Antichrist. And it might be, and it might not. But we don't know if we're going to give the scriptures a true, just look. We are assuming that they're talking about the Antichrist. I think they are. But they may not be. But they are talking about a particular individual that will be associated with the ability to manipulate or travel time. Where right. is that in the Bible? It's in the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel says that the or this person would be aware of dark sentences. In other words, he would understand the occult in some kind of way that would produce something that no other person has ever been able to do. That was Adolf Hitler. Why do I know that? Well, because it says that he would also destroy the wonderful and the... How does it say it in the King James? I'm trying to remember. Um, the, the, he, would wonderfully dis- he would wonderfully destroy the, the powerful and the people of the Holy Ones, is how it reads out. Well, that's Jews, but why isn't he saying my people? He's saying people of the Holy Ones, are the descendants of the prophets. That's because it's after 70 AD. So he's going to kill Jews in some horrendous way that will always be remembered. After 70 AD, the scripture says that he will hope he will determine to change times and seasons. We've always said, okay, well, that's going to change the holidays and, and different events. You look at the original Aramaic word there for uh, times, and it goes back to Daniel, where Daniel is singing the praises of God, saying that it is God who lifts up one and brings down another, it is God who changes the times and seasons. That word means the preset or predetermined time. As events, one is talking about cyclic patterns, but that's not what's used in reference to this person. That's going to understand uh, occult knowledge. He is actually going to be uh, have a hopeful expectation to alter fixed and permanent points of time, and then it says, and it will be given to him time, time, and a dividing a time. Now, when the Lord pointed that out, and I'm sitting there literally in tears going, Lord, why are you showing me this? No, I mean, I'm having a hard enough time telling people that there's non-human entities in our midst, and now you're telling me it's (laughs) time-traveling Nazis. This isn't fair. I don't want to know this. I'm going to go down as the biggest kook in the world. How am I supposed to ever tell this to anyone? This was in 1996. It took me probably four years to finally work that through and have the boldness to say, hey, this is what the Bible says. Call me a nut. I don't care. At least you heard it, so now when it comes down, maybe it'll make sense to you later. But um, And that's kind of my attitude on why I'm bold enough to go ahead and make myself look like a, a weirdo, because I found these things to be true by the Word and by the Spirit bearing witness to the Word. Um, but, you know, the logic, my logical mind is, oh, yeah, right, God, the worst crazy people in the, all of history has given this kind of power, and what's to keep them from going going crazy with it, supplying the Indians with uh, Sherman tanks and AK-47s. As so soon as everybody uh, comes on shore, they get wiped out. I mean, why, what's controlling them from doing crazy stuff like that? When I'm going through this dilemma, it was during a fast, and that night, um, a pattern that had followed me for a m- much portion of, of the last 20 years, I got a four o'clock in the morning wake-up call, and the Lord told me, says, Jim, you've always wondered why I allowed evil to go so far. And I said, yeah, it's like, you know, we get all our heads, we get our heads hacked off, and uh, this Santa Christ guy is standing in the temple declaring himself as God and believing in no God, yet demanding worship as God. Yeah, it looks like he won. He says, that's my point. That's exactly what I'm trying to show you. I, he says, look back in Thessalonians. I send a strong delusion that all those that believe not the truth might be damned and believe a lie. That's not just for humans. That's for Satan and his minions also. I allowed them to Uh see this illusion. I said, what do you mean? And he says, the first time they ever traveled in time, they went to the future. They went to the time when they saw their leader standing, declaring himself as a winner, as God. And time is, linear time, as we know it, is going to end sometime in the tribulation period. And I go, what? In Revelations 13, chapter it says that then there will be time and time will be no more there's going to come an end to linear time so they know they can't go beyond that point because that's their winning point somehow some way now being in the future they have a recipe a blueprint for every little detail of what they can and cannot do and they cannot deviate from that that is their only hope there is god's leash around satan's neck there is his control they are bound and locked. They can hear me right now. And they don't believe me. They think I'm, you know, dumb jump. You're going to lose because we saw that we won. Well, that's their delusion. And that's what they think. And so, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, all the way out through history, there's like a double layer of history one that has been done, and certain things cannot be undone. Satan can't just change anything he wants. I mean, my gosh, if that was true, then consider this. And this is why there's a double layer of history. Satan did not know god's redemptive plan if he did he wouldn't have never put jesus on the cross because that would have been to his own undoing right now right. that it's already happened it goes oh okay well i can't change that but you know what i can do i can go all the way back to the sumerian culture and i can give them a, a duplicate story about a death resurrection a virgin birth a death and a resurrection and a redemption and i'll make that same um story come true in uh Mithraism, I'll go to the Egyptian mystery schools, I'll give them the same ideas. matter of fact, I'll I'll make a gray-shaded area all over the world with all different cultures. So, what do people do now? They're thinking linear. They go, oh, well, the Sumerians had that idea before Christianity, you guys just borrowed from them. No, I don't think so. And I can prove it. Before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God was slain. God had that plan intended all along. But see, Satan couldn't change it, so what he could do is confuse it by providing alternatives.
0: Hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. Um, no. I will say that just two or three days ago, there was an article that came out saying, um, the title of it is on live science. Uh, wormhole is the best time, ta- uh, best bet for time machine astrophysicist says. So they were already, um, preparing, I guess the, the mind of the, the commoner, if you will, uh, the, that, you know, wormholes are possible and time travels possible. And now the physicists are, Finding the ways to do it and things of that nature. So, um, I
1: I know it's possible because it's mentioned in Second Samuel twenty second chapter, beginning right. at verses ten through uh, thirteen. Here's a you have to go back to the original language because you look in any English translation and it's basically psychobabble. You can read it twenty five. You know, have you ever found those scriptures where you could read fifty times and it still doesn't make any you know, lick of sense to you? It's like yeah. wow, that's just weird. And and you know, I I checked out commentaries and every Nobody avoids that text of scripture because nobody can make sense out of it. But the thing, and, and so, oh, am I so smart that I figured it out? No, God showed it to me. I, it's one of these things. Reluctantly, I don't want to know this. This is weird. But as <laughs> I looked, and I, I looked at every word in that text. Oh my gosh! You know, I, I've got it in my uh, video time travel series on YouTube. Oh, and my the name I changed it from Ultra Reality, Reality Seven to just Jim Williams, and it was too hard for people to find so everybody knows okay. my page so it's easier for them you know to find it that way but on there i break down that text of scripture and then i go to the theoretical um astrophysicists and i get their statements whether it be the grandfather complex whether it be um you know the energy to punch a hole to initially you know make it everything's explained in that text of scripture it's truly incredible how that has come out so everything is addressed that yes because uh, the context of that scripture David is singing the praises of God for God himself coming down and vanquishing his enemy. And so he's describing, under the inspiration of God's Spirit, he's describing how God's coming down. He bowed the heavens and came down, dark clouds under his feet, he maketh dark clouds, pavilions round about him. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. When you go back to the original Hebrew, my gosh, he bent space and came down. A stream was under his feet, a pathway, a slipstream, and a cloud, dark cloud, dark cloud, uh, watery cloud is around him that is describing a wormhole and it's a binding together from one place to another um you know it's there i didn't make it up that potentially that's what the scriptures could be brought out but how would anybody ever even think to make that correlation until we started having the technology that would reveal it just like daniel was told he said when knowledge increases and people go into." Well, I think people going to and fro gets a whole different meaning. It doesn't mean hopping on a jet and going from one country to another. Yeah, it's Talking about roaming to and fro, just like Satan is able to roam to and fro as a roaring lion seeking who he might devour. Um, man has also now been given the same ability to go to and fro, but not for very long, just for a season. And it's under his, con- uh, under his control. When you break down the whole principle, time is created by movement. That movement is directed by gravity but what creates all of it is light what did jesus say i am the light Mm. who's more powerful than anything when he said i am the light he creates all of that and it's under his control and nothing has ever gone by him he never said whoa i didn't see that one coming he knew right from the beginning he had a whole plan laid out and this is all part of the plan
0: yeah i would i would have to agree with you there i mean i always thought you know when I started really getting into prophecy, and I would read some of those pamphlets, and oh, it says people are going to go to and fro, and look at now we're in airplanes and stuff, I thought, yeah, but I feel like there's something more to it than just people traveling on airplanes it just it seems like the text at least for me when I read it, it seemed like there was something else going on, so it, it looks like you were able to <laughs> to tap in on some scriptures there that uh seem to be indicating something a little more but um Right. Uh, you know, boy, uh, th- there's so many things that, uh, that you've brought up here, Jim, that, you know, I wish we had more, even more time to really dig in. Cause I, I have questions <laughs> yeah. about scriptures and I have, you know, different things that I would love to, to run by you and things like that. But, um, you got something, Basil?
3: Yeah, well, I was going to say we we should probably wrap this session up here pretty soon, but before we do, I wanted to um, give you a chance to let us know if, you know, if you're working on anything new or if you have anything specific that's just um, itching to come out of your mouth here or, uh, you know, uh, sort of just give you the last word, whatever it may be here.
1: You know, I got two things that I've investigated personally, and... They could get me killed, and I'm just—I'm—I'm I'm still wondering what, how far I want to go with this. And I've got just not myself to consider, but my family, my wife. Um, right. I don't know what to do. I uncovered a cover-up from the Stevensville Lights that has more to do with Hans Kamler, the Nazi Bell, uh, and time travel more than it has anything to do with ET and UFO sightings. Um, right. They're covering it up. I—I um, I interviewed. Um, Officer Leroy Gayton in Aerith County. He told me he had a video that clearly showed two glowing red orbs with bell-shaped objects inside. Uh, He now recently on a a video says that he had a video, but it was just two fuzzy dots that were, you know, the whole thing was interfered with some kind of electronic disturbance and nothing was clear. I'm not calling him a liar. I'm not saying he's a liar, but I think that he also was a family man concerned with his with his family and he was has been approached and told to shut up and change the story i know he has i know that this is serious my connections and dots ongoing investigation on this is that a lot of this is being covered up because they're going to use this against constitutionalist americans and evangelical christians we are being blamed for um being a part of the cover-up and it's going to come back on us big time Hmm. within the secular uh UFO community, people like Linda Moulton uh Jim Mars, I like him as a person. He sat in my store. We talked for two hours and had a great time. And as soon as he found out I was an ordained minister, you could cut the air with a knife. He huh. saw me as his enemy. Um, there's something coming down the pike that's going to make all born-again Christians um, the bad guys. We're in cahoots with uh, the enemy. Some of the books that have been written um, is pointing to the idea that the Holy Spirit that's within us is actually an alien entity that makes us all join together on one common um, agenda. That the Damascus Road experience by um, Paul was actually an alien abduction, and that he was implanted with this entity that causes this. I mean, it's it sounds crazy, but it's I think the way things are going to happen, and I'm catching the beginning of it, but. Um, the other thing is, I based on some of the work of David Flynn, I saw a mirror image from the east to the west. Uh, I did some of his mathematical calculations, and I actually went on an expedition with my son and a few others uh, to the middle of the Arizona desert. And I think we discovered the possible, we're very close to the uh, opening of an underground genetics lab where all these monsters are being created. Um, wow. Uh, We had a government plant that was, he was our, our guide leading and directing us so he made sure that the one place i wanted to go to we didn't go to that's why i think that you know it was maybe going ahead of god's timing uh he didn't want us to actually find it he did want us to make a public proclamation about it but not to literally find it at least not yet too many things have to happen that that need to happen so i'm sitting on these two things wondering when i should you know i started on the time travel part i haven't gotten into what i call the fortress of anu that's what the bible calls it but um Maybe someday, I, you know, I'm, I'm praying, I'm wondering just what to do. Um, right. But uh, those are maybe probably the two main things. Uh, another video that I want to work on soon, i got to finish up the fourth part on the time travel one, is, now this is going to be interesting, uh, Calvinism and Arminianism reconciled.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: They can be compatible. And this is the two, this is the biggest fight between evangelical Christians is those two camps. And until they can get it together and realize that God doesn't have a problem with either one of them, because I've known godly people from both camps, um, there is there is a compatibility. And that cap- compatibility is in the fact that um, everybody's trying to address salvation on a one-dimensional level when it's three dimensions. Our bodies have to die, they can't be renewed. They have to die and be resurrected new our souls are an ongoing battle that continually is a process of winning and losing our spirits are sealed until the day of completion that's eternal once saved always saved. that part but the battle of the mind that is determined by our yielding and having it transformed in the likeness of christ obviously um those dark corners that we have not given up cannot be a part of us to go into heaven that has to be burned off through the judgment seat of christ the wood hay and uh and stubble that's that's talking about your soul how much of it has been redeemed how much has not been redeemed Hmm. um this goes into an area though that um once i say this in my own mind i think i have probably going to destroy my entire ministry and i'll be really put out on on the, the ends uh, I might be surprised. Maybe I won't. I have to make sure that the timing is right to put this out.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like um, the things you shared there sort of gives a a chance for us to study the scriptures in a way that is very, I guess, unique and maybe maybe even the way it was always meant to be, you know, that it's not like this linear thing that we're so stuck in, right? I mean, yes. obviously, it yes. seems like the linear Perspective of the, you know, the three dimensional world just just causes all sorts of problems because we're trying to fit these timelines and we're always trying to come up with, you know, a sequence of you know, when the exactly. rapture is and stuff like that and yep. and maybe the reason why it's so confusing to that perspective is because there is this higher dimensional understanding to all of this and uh,
3: well said oh yeah.
1: can you see me being tired and feathered though I mean you know oh absolutely <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah uh, absolutely I
3: some pretty bold. Some pretty bold theology. And, um, but I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, after uh, seeing it laid out step by step, I mean, that's definitely, um, another way to look at it when you are able to step outside of our s- sort of human, uh, straight line version of, right. uh, you know, time and space. Oh, yeah, I, I
0: just, fair- I just want to, I just want to say just for the sake of, uh, saying it for you, Jim, um, I always go back to uh, whenever I hear things that are, that seem out there, you know, I always go back to Luke six where, you know, it says, woe to you who laugh now for you will mourn and weep. And then woe to you when everyone speaks well of you for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. So I I, I always go back to that because, you know, it seems out there, but man, there's certain things where especially now when you said certain st- stuff that I, I just felt, you know, I felt the spirit moving me for, for sure. Yeah, so. I know.
3: And it makes, it makes so much sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, who are we to think of or to interpret this whole business in a linear way when we know full well that God and his plan and, and it just, his whole being does not operate in, in, it doesn't even, you know, work in a, it, a linear fashion. I mean his whole exactly. char- his whole character is a non-linear existence really. really. Yeah.
1: And it's hard for us to wrap our little brains around it when we're stuck right? in our only reality is is linear time. We don't know anything else and we can't know it. I even right. think that the bible is you know, when they have this Bible code, I think we're scratching the surface. Okay, we can get stuff on three dimensions, but we need to be outside of time to get the fourth dimension to fully understand it. Why? Because I think the Bible is the book of life. Yeah. yeah. Our yeah. names, our birth dates, our deaths, they're recorded there, in there, encrypted somewhere, but you're never going to get it until you're in the fourth dimension.
2: Right, then, right,
1: then you can right. see it. And it was intended to be that way. That's why they keep finding everything after the fact. They can't find it ahead of right, time.
0: Right, It's because
1: yeah. you're not going to. God has a safety check on it. You're stuck in linear time. Yeah. So, absolutely. But you know, guys, I, I know you said you had millions of questions. Well, you know, I'm retired on SSD. So I'm around a lot. And Sweet. I believe my calling is to, like I said earlier, you know, in the interview, my calling is to help those that are, been brought to awareness to this um you know it's i I guess the best way i can put it this way i remember when i was 24 and i was looking in acts where they were quoting joel and that your um your young men shall have visions your old men shall dream dreams and i'm 24 and i'm thinking you know i'm in the last days hey man well wait a minute god talks to me through dreams not he doesn't talk to me through visions, (laughs) you know, but I'm a young man, so how can, well, joke's on me, now I'm 62, and guess what, you know, I'm the old (laughs) man that dreams dreams, so I thought I would be a Jedi Knight, the end-time warrior, fighting in the last days, instead I end up being Yoda, (laughs) fighting. so my job, in saying all of that, guys, my job is to mentor and help others who are going to be doing the fighting i think this is going to go on maybe a little longer than my own life and what i want to leave as a legacy is to help encourage inform those that in the younger generation for the fight that they are going to be engaged in so you guys feel free to call upon me email me ask me questions it's why i'm here it's my ministry you're only helping me to do what i'm supposed to do so don't ever feel that i'm too busy or or anything. If you guys want to call, you got questions, you're always, the door's always open for me. I can do whatever I can. I don't know everything, but I know a little bit. You've heard of Dave Flynn, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. I, I mean, I was reading his his book today, um, the Sidonia book. I'm flipping oh, through man. it today. So. That
1: book has got so much information. Yeah, it's <laughs> 20 times to still get more stuff. Yeah. I, you know, and Mark is identical twin to Dave. I don't know whether you knew that or not. Yeah. Mark just, about ready to have a book published and a uh, wonderful guy. And he's so graceful to me. I keep calling him Dave all the time when I'm talking because his <laughs> voice inflection, everything is identical to Dave. Wow! And I really miss Dave. Dave and I were good friends. We talked regularly on, you know, a Skype like thing on, with Yahoo and bounced things off of each other all the time. Um, I don't think Dave's death was accidental. I, I've never, oh, absolutely I, I asked Mark not, yeah. that. I asked Mark that. He doesn't think that it was necessarily, and I let it go at that. But I, I think he was taken out because he was he knew too much and he was speaking. And uh, I don't know. I kind of hope I'm not next in line or anything. But you know, I, eventually uh, it is going to happen. The Lord told me when He first called me into this. He says, "Jim, this is going to be the last thing you do. Are you willing to do that?" I thought, "Well, heck, you know, it beats better. It's better than slipping and falling in a bathtub and you know dying for nothing." I, yeah, okay, I'm good with that.
3: That's cool. Right. Yeah. Right. right.
1: So, wow. Um, oh, I'm going to close with one thing for you guys. The sure. RFID chip, I'm never going to get one, but I don't think that's the Mark of the Beast. That's no, the phony. So either. There's a phony right. setup. The Mark of the Beast, considered firstborn of many brethren. Antichrist is going to do the same thing. I think through cloning, he come back, a dead man comes back to life. Yep. <laughs> and he's going to be the firstborn of his own. These disembodied spirits are getting this impervious, immortal body. Guess what? so do all that took the mark of the beast they seek death and can't find it yep. why because they got an immortal body whether it's downloaded whether it's genetically changed i don't know how it happens but that's what the mark of the beast is nobody's right. going to see it coming because thinks it's a tattoo or a mark on your arm and nobody's going to realize that when the phony cosmic christ comes back he's going to offer them a new name in their forehead a resurrected body and they think they're entering into the uh, millennial reign of christ and they've just entered into the real tribulation
3: right so there you have it. Jim yeah. Wilhemson. Thanks so much, man, for coming on the show. My goodness, this was amazing. Thank you for having me. So why don't you let us know uh, how we can get a hold of you? What's your YouTube and your email, uh, your website? And give us all your information here.
1: Okay. Um, my website is org. That's E-C-H-O-E-S-O-F-E-N-O-C-H.org or .com. My YouTube channel used to be alternate reality seven i changed it to just jim wilhelmson because everybody knows me that way i'm on facebook jim wilhelmson you can communicate to me and that way my my email is awitness41 that's a-w-i-t-n-e-s-s the numbers four and one at com. i'm around to answer questions uh to counsel to help any way that i can so don't be shy go ahead and give me a call um if i'm not i'm a terrible typer so if it means uh, calling me at home, I'm freely giving out my phone number, but I'm doing it by personal correspondence. I've had some death threats from, after the three frogs, uh, I've had some Muslims that have tried to trick me into uh, making myself available to them. I don't need to make it easy for them. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, okay. Well, I'm glad you're taking some steps there. There you have it, folks. Make sure to get in touch with him. If you have any questions regarding any of what you've heard here, uh, alien abduction, things like that. Hollow Earth. Uh, hollow Earth, time travel, etc., etc., etc. One more time. Thanks again, Jim. Well, Hemson. Thank you, Gonzo. Thank you, Basil. And absolutely. Thanks a lot. Well, there you have it, folks. There you have it. Jim Wilhelmson interview part two complete good stuff yeah that was a great conversation good stuff man it really was now here's a question you know all this talk about time travel really has got me thinking yeah and this is a question for everybody but uh I'll ask you first Gon, since you're here okay all right so picture this time travel is now a real thing commercially available to anyone who has the green to go ahead and uh, pay for it, okay, but it's it's pretty expensive, so you know you you really gotta you've been working your whole life, you know your your retirement account, your you got your you know you're sitting pretty on your little nest egg at the end of your life, and you know you figure you might as well at least travel through time once, Gons, That's Since okay. we talk about it so often, yeah. So you head on down to the time travel agency, and. You lay your money down, and now you can choose to go back in time. So where would you go? But let's let's even make it more precise here. Where in the Bible would you travel back to to witness? Hmm. What event does in the it, Bible
0: does it have to be backwards?
3: Um. Uh, no, I guess not. Yes, yes, it has to be back okay, in so the it has Bible. To be you can't backwards, like we can't you can't go forward into the Revelation. No, oh,
0: okay, yeah, because I would go forward I mean, and, and I figure guess, out what's fine.
3: Fine, we can go well, to Revelation. no, let's
0: let's let's keep it let's keep it past because I I think it's there's more to draw from you know let's restrict the front because I think a lot of people would jump to the oh I want to go see the New Jerusalem or like. See really would what you the really first
3: piece. Would, would you really go forward to Revelation instead of going and like seeing Jesus well, in his just to day
0: confirm day? my theories, I and mean, that's the only reason why I would.
3: I would. I guess but you'll confirm your theories when you're dead, Deacons. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so you're going. <laughs> I'm back being in selfish. Time. Okay, let's you're let's going go back. back into biblical times. Where are you going? Whew, what? That's a tough one. S- Song of Solomon. <laughs> songs of solomon that's my top 10 i'm just saying
0: <laughs> that would be um, an interesting one to witness um uh, yeah. i you know there's so many moments you know because the big obvious one is obviously the resurrection of jesus i mean i would love to see like yeah. whoa there he is he's you know walking through walls and appearing in front of people and i would be thrilled to be a fly on the wall there but there's some there's so many other places like yeah. like when David kills Goliath with the yeah, with the stone, you, got, you know.
3: You got Old Testament man. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff there. Yeah, maybe you, maybe just go back to Genesis six, just really see what's really going on. Really
0: see what's going on, or you know, even <laughs> even um, you know, just checking out Adam and Eve and how they were living, you know, prior to the fall. Like what was going? Like what was it really like before the fall? You know, that would Let's be interesting.
3: Those, those naked first humans. <laughs>
0: Eating the ginormous pomegranates. Yeah, I mean it's
3: whatever, whatever you're into, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, but
0: I have to pick, right? I have to pick one. Yeah, you Um, gotta pick one. uh, I don't know. That's a tough one. Why don't don't you go ahead and let me know yours, and then I'll. Oh my gosh. Okay, 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 okay. Such a cop out. I know it is a cop out, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna think this. Okay, okay.
3: I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you mine, and then you can you can go. Okay. All right. I would go back to. Water into wine night,
2: ah. the very
3: first miracle. I would be there witnessing the first miracle, and on top of that, you know, it's the beginning of the ministry. Water into wine. It was a party. You can party afterwards with Jesus. Come on, <laughs> come on. You don't get that opportunity all the time. That's true. That that's a good one. You're right. He he just he's like. Hey, you, you need a refill? I'm like, yeah, JC, hit it up. <laughs> Boom, water into wine, just hands it to me. Is that bad?
0: No, I think, okay. I think that's good.
3: I'm just saying, it was what was happening at the time. Right. And it sounds like, it sounds a, like a good time. It sounds like the social event of the millennia.
0: Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. You know, I don't
3: know, whatever. So what? What's yours? What's your super cool one that you want to go to? Uh, that's better than my party with Jesus.
0: Well, how is it going to top party with Jesus? I don't think I Let's can. Let's hear it.
3: Let's hear it. God's pressures on.
0: Um, well, you know, because I'm trying to think Old Testament, but there's so many depressing moments in the Old Testament. You know, I yeah. think I would like to go see the walls of jericho and Mm. just like see really what happened
3: just you know a little taste for destruction there
0: well i mean i just want to see like you know the trumpets like
3: you just like that loud music Uh, You're just that metal head you want your eardrums to get blown yeah no i understand that 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 does not that does not surprise me one bit (laughs) Loud music and
0: yeah. crumbling destruction. Yeah, that that sounds like me,
3: especially with you and your your metal my, music, my metal music. It's your Metallica. <laughs> hey,
0: yeah. those those days are long gone, man. Yeah, right. I only listen to them three times a day now. <laughs> <laughs> Not like it's good to post whole yourself. albums like I used to. Uh, yeah.
3: Okay, so is that it? Is that yours? Walls I, Jericho I,
0: I, I, out I suppose. I, I, okay. I'm sure I can come up with something better if I think about well, it some more. Too bad. Ooh, That's ooh, it. It's hold on. In. Hold on. No, no. Pull that one out because I got another okay. one. I want to see the visions that Ezekiel saw. I want to see the wheel within the wheel. Mm. And just yeah. be there when that whole thing goes down.
3: All right. That would be awesome. Sounds good. We've got two very different strategies when it comes to time travel and the Bible. So what do you guys think listeners out there in audience land? Why don't you leave a comment or go to the forum and talk about if you could go back in time into the Bible, anywhere in the Bible, except for revelation, where would you go? What would you do? You know, you only get one chance though. So you got to pick one. Yeah, that's so tough. Go to canary, <laughs> Go to the episode link, and then maybe next week we can read off some of the best ones, you know, on the episode. We'll see who's got the best. Although I still think that I have the best one, and I'm sticking with that. Yeah, yours Uh, is pretty good. Let's let's see if you can beat Gonz. I'm sure you could.
0: Yeah, I didn't set the bar (laughs) too high. You guys can definitely (laughs) knock me down.
3: All right, so go and do that. And make sure to tune in next episode, and maybe we uh, will read your awesome Bible time travel uh, experience uh, on the air. And we'll, um, you know, we'll just make a thing out of it. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, One more episode of Canary Cry Radio Under Your Belt. Um, So make sure to tune in next week. And until then. Think outside the cage.
5: Thank you for listening to this episode of Canary Cry Radio. The show notes for this episode and many others
3: are available at canarycryradio.com. Make sure to connect and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash canarycryradio. Follow us on Twitter
0: at canarycryradio. If you would like to share the show in video format, you can find us on YouTube by searching Canary Cry Radio. Review us on iTunes with five stars and give us a thumbs up on stumbleupon.com. We would like to thank those of you who have given
5: us your support, prayers, and donations. If you would like to join us and support Canary Cry Radio financially, you could do so by visiting canarycryradio.com and clicking the support tab. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, remember to think
3: outside the cage.
1: All right, guys, I'm going to go to bed, man. (laughs) Yeah, man. Go go take a little nap. All right, God bless you guys. All right, you too, man. Take it easy.
3: Keep in touch, okay? For sure. Absolutely. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.